Hey, everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. It's not over yet, Andy, um, but it might be over. It's, is it over? We'll tell you next. <laughs> <laughs> You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Fridays, and sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays, we get a, a show up for you as early as we possibly can. Uh, however you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, always free for you, our listener slash viewer, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, there was a certain sort of, while nobody said it officially, Andy, a certain funereal uh, feel to the post game on Sunday following the Lakers loss to Denver. Final score there, 129-118 Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon at the Crypt. Um, that doesn't technically end the Lakers' chances of making the play-in, but Man alive, if they aren't uh, putting the nails in the coffin and lowering it into the ground at this point. Um, well, if they're not coffin shopping, I mean, frankly, they're behind the schedule. Oh, right no, now. they've picked like, the coffin. They've, they've, well, if they haven't picked the coffin yet, they're just going to throw them into, a, into a, an empty grave, you know, like a yeah. dirt grave. Hopefully it's, you know, purple and gold. You at least stay thematic. You go down with the franchise ship. Um, if people are not aware, and, and okay, I'm going to raise this point, then also. I got to make a comment to some people on the YouTube channel. First of all, we've been getting a lot of people from uh, either locked on Pelicans or Pelicans fans in general coming in there to troll, to rub it in. We don't mind. You know what? Nope. This is this is what rivalries are about. There is a rivalry of sorts between these franchises because of the Anthony Davis backstory. The Lakers immediately won a championship after AD nuked his way mm -hmm. out of New Orleans. Turnabout is fair play. As long as people are respectful towards each other, we don't care. That's what sports is all about, and we want the clicks and the I was views. about to say, also, regardless, <laughs> yes. the algorithm doesn't distinguish between people who are there to troll versus people who aren't. Absolutely. Don't be um, a-holes yeah. to each other, and we're good with it. <laughs> but there a, were There's a certain Republican spy shoes, too, <laughs> yes. people to this whole thing. Yeah. But, however, it is worth noting, and I don't know if these are Spurs fans trickling over uh, with the Lakers chasing them and that long-standing thing, and same mm. rules apply to you guys, or uh, Pelicans fans just getting outraged in general. But I had made a joke because the Spurs are playing <laughs> the Blazers back-to-back. -back. It's just scheduling quirk happened to work out this way, but it's very fortunate for the Spurs as they're trying to maintain that 10 seed that they happen to be up against back-to-back, -back, a Portland team that is tanking. And I said, well, to paraphrase what David Stern once said, uh, the ideal finals would be Spurs versus Spurs, to which I had some people up in the comments section saying, I can't believe you guys are making excuses for the Lakers. Oh, yeah, like the, like LeBron doesn't get all these different breaks. Um, this is why people are coming at you right now. Okay, dude. Calm down. Settle down. It was a joke yes. referencing what David Stern said a couple decades ago about how the ideal finals would be Lakers versus Lakers because that's where the ratings are at. I'll just say this right now. If it makes you feel better, 
The league does not want the Spurs in the finals. You happy? <laughs> they don't want your team there. Yeah, well, so we'll get we'll get to some of the the stuff the commentary on uh, how the how the players in Frank Vogel talked about this season as the show goes along because it's relevant to really thinking projecting forward about uh, where we go from here. Um, but this was a this was an interesting game, Andy, because LeBron, who was clearly physically limited down the stretch Friday night against the Pelicans, didn't play uh, on Sunday. Um, Anthony Davis did, but was it, it, in the first half, it looked like he might not come back in the game. He actually removed his shoe uh, on the injured foot. Um, and that generally is shorthand for I'm not coming back. It's like when the, a football player is no longer sitting next to his helmet. <laughs> when a basketball player isn't wearing his shoe, that's a bad sign. But Davis, to his credit, did come back into the game um, and played overall very well. Um, yeah. He finished with 28 points. Nine rebounds, eight assists. It was the kind of assertive effort and kind of gutsy effort that, quite frankly, Lakers fans wish they would be seeing more frequently from Davis. Um, and you know, Russ played well 27 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. I they they can't line all this stuff up, they have physically hobbled stars. Um, and a very, very narrow window. And I know we've asked this question before, but each game it becomes relevant in different ways. Is it time just to just kind of call it a day with these two? AD said after the game, he said he thinks that the training staff told him that he that he can't make it worse. And, you know, to his credit, he wants to play, but what are they clinging to here? LeBron, aside from the scoring title thing, which we'll get to in a second, what are we clinging to here with a guy who, as you believe, uh, has quite literally a, a a specific reservoir of minutes left in the NBA? Um, it's not over yet, but it might as well be. What would you do? Well, here's the problem with not shutting them down earlier. Optically, you've now backed yourself into a corner where if you aren't eliminated and you've been playing this long, it's like, well, why why you're not going to play out the the actual string of viable possibility however small that viability that's may a good be. point yeah you know what i'm saying like you, you've gone this far the lakers have five we, we're, we're talking here before the lake of uh, the spurs play the blazers but essentially the lakers have to win out their last four games and hope the spurs basically lose out that is their avenue to get in and it's not even so much about what the spurs can do andy it's really about the lakers and like they have not won consecutive games since january I, I, I that is the number that matters to me more than they play this schedule, that schedule that they've got Phoenix coming up next, you know, the best team in the league who wants would take no more joy uh, in the world than to push the Lakers like officially out of the playoffs. Like they resent the hell out of this team. Um, our locked on Schadenfreude podcast would continue with Suns fans then entering our timeline. Again, same rules. Come on yeah. in. <laughs> They're cool. Uh, Water's great. That is the the subtitle of our podcast, though, right now. Um, I just, I, I, there's no reason to believe that this is could possibly end well, and it really is time to think about the physical health of the two stars that are presumably going to be the players they build around going forward. Still, well, here's the here's a microcosm of the entire situation they're dealing with right now. Like we mentioned, Anthony Davis overall played very well in this game. But and and I think on one an, leg against Nikola Jokic, right? And 
I, I think there is inspiration that can be drawn from his teammates, from the fan base, because there's a, there are still a lot of questions about Anthony Davis as the franchise mm-hmm. face moving forward. There has been decreasing confidence among Laker fans in terms of his ability to really wear that mantle and take that torch from LeBron, you know, moving forward, the wisdom of making him the guy, so to speak. So on one hand, seeing him play through this type of pain and discomfort, which fair or not has been the knock on AD throughout the course of his career, much less since he's been with the Lakers, that's something you like to see. However, Mm -hmm. he lost steam as this game went along. He was one of six in the fourth quarter. He became less effective as the game went along and was part of what has been a recent and season-wide long trend of fourth quarter collapses. And the fourth quarter, like many others this season, did in the Lakers. So it becomes this paradox where on one hand, there is a statement that is being made by AD and LeBron playing this thing out until it seems like there's truly no more reason to do it from any practical sense versus the practical reality of A, worried that they could do further damage or B, it ain't going to make a damn bit of difference. Right. And I mean, look, I I think, I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth when you say like the reason 80 slowed down in the fourth quarter is understandable. Um, It's, it's, it's not, it's not like earlier in the year where it was like some of these moments where you're like, why isn't he being more assertive? It's, he's playing on one leg. No, he, <laughs> and, you know, his foot was back. clearly bothering him. He was yes. laboring at times. He was flat out limping at times. And, but anyway, uh, uh, other things other than the effort the Lakers put in, which was, you know, I think solid and kind of just disappointing. You know, the results are disappointing. The effort was that. And it says a lot about the team. Were lineup choices that Frank Vogel made uh, on Sunday. Once again, Austin Reeves did not play. Avery Bradley started. And Lakers Twitter was angry about it, and I think it is a uh, pretty fascinating um, microcosm of everything that's been frustrating for this team uh, all season long. Talk about it next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. Eating smart but eating enjoyably has never tasted better. You can treat yourself without feeling guilty with Built Bar. If you've not tried out the puffs, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars, the first-ever protein-infused Marshmallow, fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered in 100% real chocolate. Some fan favorites like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All of them are going to be your new favorites. It's going to be like trying to choose between your children or your pets or whichever between your children or your pets you value more, which is your favorite. It is impossible. And look, most candy bars are like two to 300 calories of just empty nonsense. Most built bars though, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. And that's the good stuff. And as always, you can count on cool, unique, fun flavor combinations with built bars. So go to built.com, use the promo code locked 15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code locked 15, 15% off at built.com. Um, so once again, a, uh, Austin Reeves was a DMPCD and, um, Avery Bradley was a starter, uh, after the game, Frank Vogel, who had said after Friday's game that it was somewhat matchup based in terms of why Reeves sat, um, reiterated that it was some matchups and then some, the fact that, that, that Reeves has really struggled of late, um, Vogel pointed to, um, some, some signs of fatigue. I think he was trying to charitably say the kid's not playing well. And 
I am sitting in <laughs> because of it. Um, and it, it obviously, Andy, whenever Avery Bradley appears in the lineup at the expense of Austin Reeves or frankly anybody, it makes people angry. Um, and and Sunday was no exception. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and and we talked about this after Friday's game when both uh, Reeves and THT didn't play. Uh, Talon did end up playing against Denver. And he played reasonably well, I thought. Yeah, he, he played reasonably well. I, we both think that that ankle that cost him some games has still been a, mm-hmm. an issue for him. But with Reeves, it's one of those things where it's not, I think, what I would have done because I, I like the potential upside of what could happen for Reeves playing either alongside LeBron or AD on Friday or even AD on Sunday more than I like the potential upside of what could be there with Avery Bradley. But And, and I also think, to be honest, it, the stage where we're at right now, realistically speaking, you might as well just get more reps for Reeves. I think that's but, to me, that's a bigger question. But, go but on. Yeah. to me, in the end, it's one of those things where in the wash, I doubt it makes that big of a difference mm-hmm. one way or the other. So even if it is the quote-unquote wrong decision, as wrong as any of this can be, I don't necessarily care, really, because I don't think it really impacted the game one way or the other. And there's good reason to think that. Both of these games were fairly tight. And, and, and it's not like the Lakers fell out of this in a way that, I mean, forget whether or not you think Austin Reeves could have saved it, but just reflects bad lineup choices in general. I, I, there was a period in the season when it was patently obvious that, that, that Austin Reeves needed to play more, and quite frankly, Avery Bradley needed to play less. Or at the very least, Austin Reeves needed to play more. They've been so banged up, it's hard to keep certain people out of the lineup depending on what position they play. Um, but you know, Vogel went to that. Vogel did play. Austin Reeves has played a lot, a lot for an, especially for an undrafted rookie free agent, you know, 20, basically since the beginning of January, about 24, 25 minutes a night, uh, including a lot of starts. He has played poorly, not just struggled, not just he's played poorly over the last 10 or 15 games. If you look at the 10, last 10 games, he's shooting about, you know, 30% from the floor about 20% from um, three-point range, a little beneath that, actually. And his net rating, partially because his offensive rating is tanked, his net rating is one of the worst on the team, where earlier on in the season, it was one of the best, even when he wasn't putting up great numbers. And I say this not to pick on Austin Reeves. I think he's had a great season, and I am excited about the potential for him to be a solid rotation player for the Lakers going forward, particularly given how useful he's shown himself to be on a good team, uh, or at least around good players. This has never been a good team, but you get my point. If you feel like you need floor spacing because Russ is out there, because AD is back, because you kind of need to play Dwight at least a little bit uh, and all that, then you you need to play Bradley more. The evidence would point to Bradley being a more reasonable choice than Reeves or at the very least, that Bradley should get minutes. And I just I, I think in the micro, you can you have to look at these decisions and say, does this make sense for today's game? In the macro, you can look at a lot of other choices. And I just I don't even see this as a mistake from Vogel. 
I just, it is a, it was a very reasonable to me lineup choice, but I think fundamentally, I agree with you, wasn't going to be the thing that, that ruined it. I mean, Bradley was a minus nine, but a monk was a minus 12 and Davis was a minus 10. And I think this was mostly a function of them being on the court in the fourth quarter when the game got away. Well, I mean, you could look at there. There were sections of this game where Will Barton, who who played really well, at twenty five points, eight of twelve. I know you do eight eight of twelve. He's like your favorite role player in the league. He is um, absolutely my favorite role player in the game. There was a yeah. He, I, he, go on a second, but there was a great moment in the game in the second half when B- Barton ended up uh, Mello ended up posting Barton up, and they were both kind of smiling about it. Like they explained it a lot of it on the on the uh, ES uh, the ABC ESPN broadcast. I was just thinking to myself, here are two people who just really like playing basketball. Yeah. And I think like in this moment, like that was fun. Well, it was like, you know, 12 seconds, but I really liked it. Um, and I do love Will Barton. But there there were a few possessions where they were setting up Will Barton off screens where they were specifically mm-hmm. targeting Avery No question. And, and no looking question. to put, you know, basically looking to pick him off with screens or just put him in a blender in general. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And, and this was not a game where the defenders of Avery Bradley because of his defense or, you know, that hustle, that tenacity would have much to hang their hat on. Would it have been any better with Austin Reeves? Would they have targeted him as much as successfully? I don't know. It is in a lot of ways indicative of the the choices that Frank Vogel has to make because some of the floor time lately has been taken up by guys like Wendon Gabriel or Stanley Johnson, for whom who everybody, by the way, on Lakers Twitter wants to see why aren't these guys playing more young legs, you know, athletes and whatever. But right, the the returns have been more diminishing for those guys. But you have to put them out there for pure size reasons. Like they mm-hmm. they need guys who are longer, more athletic. In the case of Stanley Johnson, just stronger. Like you right. know, there there are times when they're looking to put Stanley on Demarcus Cousins or on. Nikola Jokic, which putting aside the fact that it may not work, it just you know it's not going to work with Austin. No, you can't you can't do that to Austin. And I right. Just, and, and DJ Augustine point. needs to be playing because they they need somebody mm-hmm. who at least represents an outside threat, and at least somebody that they know is a competent enough floor general. Is is DJ Augustine who you ideally want out there? No. These are all pick your poison options. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that fans other, and I'm not trying to pick on people, we do the same thing, but what people focus on are the choices, like pick your poison. Okay. Which poison are you picking? The choices and this and that. The problem is it's all poison. (laughs) It's not, it's not the choice you make. It's that it's all poison. It all kills you in the end. That's the problem. And the Lakers have made up a roster where every choice ends in death. (laughs) Like so, yeah. that, it's like, it's and, like Brian. I, when you're and on. I get the frustration. I understand that you can still optimize your lineups. You can, but it's a lot more difficult to optimize your lineups when there isn't a good choice than when you're trying to sift through all bad choices that change daily. And you know there is no data sample size that that works for the Lakers in any kind of continuity. And it's all poison. And so when your options are all poison, I I'm not going to dwell on Vogel's choice of poison. You know, not even to say that he should, they can let him go. I don't think he's been great this year, but he is to me still not the problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to the, the choice that a death row inmate eventually gets for, you know, how would you like to die? You get, you get, I guess, you know, the best in your mind of what is a, a, 
an Lethal unideal injection firing squad, right. you know, an, an, an unideal situation, you know, <laughs> suboptimal you, choices. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's, I, I do wonder a little bit about, you know, how much, I guess, leeway more or a longer leash Austin might get if he were a third or fourth year player versus sure. a veteran. And, you know, because coaches, and I don't just mean Frank Vogel, coaches in general, will give a longer leeway and have more tolerance for mistakes from experienced players than non-star rookies. You know, even taking into account that Austin's gotten a lot of chances this season with the context of where they are at this year, it might seem more extreme to Vogel and therefore he would look to make the extreme decision of not playing Austin at all. Yeah, but either either way, it's just but he's done that. A, he did that to Avery though too. Like just sure, flat sat it, him well, down. You know, there's just, in there's the only end, so I, much space in the in the rotation. In the end, I think the biggest reason you would criticize Vogel for doing this is just not recognizing give Austin Reeves every possible rep that you can give him because in the end, right, we know where this is likely headed. Regardless, well, though, as we record, Andy, the Blazers are up by eight at halftime on the Spurs. <laughs> So you never know. Uh, I just, you know, it, it is a little like, you know, some of the criticism of, of playing Dwight on Friday. Like, yeah, they've been better without, you know, with the, the big three without a center, except AD just got back. You're playing Jonas Valanciunas and you don't have Carmelo Anthony. So it's like Dwight's got to play. It's like the, the con context matters in micro game to game decisions. Um, after the game, guys were talking a lot about what if, Andy, what if the team had stayed healthy? And that is a massive question that the Lakers will have to answer over the offseason, and we are going to introduce it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the, all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Up on BetOnline.net, you've got a 2022 Masters Tournament preview lets you know John Rahm is considered right now the player to beat. You've also got an MLB preview with American League, National League. Baseball is going to be upon us soon enough for real, so you want to be up on all the best information before you start laying down a little cash. And BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So head to the website today or use your mobile device learn more about the trends in action Bet online where the games start. So it was I, it was certainly striking to me, Frank Vogel, after the, the game uh, Sunday, talking very much like a guy who knows he's being fired because he is. Um, but, you know, talking about how proud he is of his guys for sticking through it and talking about that. But also a lot of what if, you know, what if we had stayed healthy and it's a shame that we never got a chance to see this and, and all that stuff. Um, it was that was reiterated by. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, when he spoke to the media, it was reiterated by Anthony Davis. It was less reiterated by Russell Westbrook, who just doesn't seem to give a bleep anymore. Um, something I think we'll probably discuss on uh, Tuesday's show. Mm -hmm. um, I This question of what if, what if they had stayed healthy? It's a shame they didn't get to see what that looks like. Lakers got to answer this question because how they approach the offseason is essentially tied to, to what they think the answer to that question is and whether or not they would have been successful um, you know, this year had Davis and, and LeBron played you know, 65 games each. Um, I, 
this is obviously something we'll get into a ton as we go through into the offseason, but my I don't I worry that they're gonna lean too much on the injury thing, first and foremost, and not really dig into the question. That's I think the biggest concern you could have as a fan. Well, okay. In, in thinking about their potential reaction, what if any information or leaning do you glean from the fact that they had been playing pretty well last year before the injuries during the second half of the season took over mm -hmm. and they ended up going into the playoffs. AD gets hurt. They lose, they lose in the first round to the Suns. You know, they had been up to one. I do think sometimes people forget Chris Paul was injured during that sure. series and the Lakers failed to take advantage of that, even acknowledging they didn't have AD. But either way, there seemed to be a fair amount of recognition hearing Frank Vogel talk, hearing Rob Palinka talk, hearing various players talk about, we felt pretty good about where we were and how we had mm -hmm. been playing before guys started getting hurt, Dennis Schroeder was getting COVID, not COVID, all, all that different stuff. And getting then they not COVID up, uh, multiple times throughout the season, yeah, not getting yeah, COVID. So, as I like to call it, he had COVID, not COVID. Uh-huh. They made radical changes this offseason. Again. At, but after hearing a whole bunch of confidence expressed in where they had been. Uh-huh. So it it makes it very, I think, unpredictable to know exactly what direction they would go because I I did not think they were going to make massive changes in part because it seemed to me that they recognized, hey, we had been playing pretty well. It wasn't perfect. We still got to figure out how to score easier. Sure. Like that has been an issue even while we won a championship. But it seemed like it was going fairly well. And then they really revamped this roster in ways that I don't think anybody really saw coming. <laughs> no. I don't even mean specifically Russ. I just no, mean but like, that yeah, but grand like of an overall. But, but, not, but specifically Russ is obviously important to the point that you and I recorded a, a podcast, like an entire podcast about like, you know multiple segments on how terrible an idea this was. This was when, when it was just it, rumor phases. When it was not just when they a made rumor. the deal. When it was just a rumor. Like this can't possibly be real. Um, egg on our face, by the way. Um, so here's, I, I do think your, your look back at last year is a, is an instructive one because last year there was evidence that the team was good. They were 21 mm -hmm. and six before the wheels fell off from a physical standpoint. And I, I maintain they would have won that series if Davis didn't get hurt. Um, the differences though, between that, that season, this season, a, there was evidence last year they were good. There has never been evidence this year that this year's team is good, ever. Injuries have a lot to do with that, but there, the, the evidence has never been there. The other thing is, you just mentioned Schroeder, Harrell, Kuzma, KCP, whatever. The di biggest difference between last year and this year, other than the scope of the injuries, is the middle class of the team, is the guts of the roster. And the lesson that I think they should, should take is that you can't de-emphasize that middle class. I, I tweeted out on Sunday, one of the fatal flaws of the Lakers roster is that they don't have anybody in the Will Barton level of NBA player. I'd love it if it was actually Will Barton who they could use, but like that caliber guy, like he's not an all-star, but he's good. He's, he's like Kyle Kuzma, not an all-star, but like really good. And they don't have anybody like that. It goes LeBron, AD, Westbrook in theory in that category, and then 
Malik Monk? I mean, I guess. THT. THT, maybe. Carmelo maybe. Anthony, yeah. you know, I mean, depending on the day. Malik, who's been inconsistent and all that, did some really goofy things on Sunday. Um, He's been goofy lately. He has. He's gotten goofy. Uh, yeah. Little Charlotte, little Charlotte creeping into yeah. the uh, into the game. Six um, six assists against five turnovers against Denver, and weird ones like just goofy, mm-hmm. like a little yeah. bit, a little bit goofy. Where you want, you yeah. know, fouled uh, Barton at the end of the first half. That was oh bad. Um, on a heave, on a half court heave. That was he a little. It was, it was it was three feet beyond the the top of the arc. It was a little close than that. It was a terrible foul. Um, but like those guys matter. And I think that for, we'll break this down extensively as as we go on. But my initial gut reaction to this is they wouldn't they would have been obviously better if LeBron and AD play those games. But we're talking about a team that is probably sixth or seventh, I think, in the conference and not first or second. I mean, it's hard to know because part of this equation involves Kendrick Nunn representing a live body, and he did not play at all this season. Right, and, and right, that, but that, somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, you can't right, have but, a but rarely life. does a right, but rarely does one of your players miss an entire season on top of all the other injuries that the That's Lakers fair. dealt with this That's season, fair. which were That's really fair. extreme. And like you and I both thought that they were going to have a successful season this year. But we also thought that the bar for success would be difficult to reach. We gave them a benefit of the doubt that they they could eventually figure out how to do this, in part because when you have LeBron and AD presumably healthy for enough of a season, that gives you a very good starting point. Right. And so, but we both always acknowledged this is going to be really complicated. We both thought they made it more complicated than necessary mm-hmm. and they this more difficult than it had to be but that there was a way that ultimately they could find success and the biggest concern that i would have would be that they could use the extremities of everything that happened and there is no way around the fact that this roster even when you take into account how much more difficult they made the process to be good than it had to be like again the difficulty mm-hmm. that they added to the process was tangible and not necessary. There were still extreme circumstances that dictated the struggles this season. You can't mm-hmm. remove that. My pro- my concern is that they're going to decide that that played more of a role ultimately or yep. Frank Vogel played more of a role ultimately yep. or you know we misjudged Russ specifically but we had the right idea in looking mm-hmm. for that third star. We just misidentified the star. And they're going to look at a lot of other either people or overall situation and not point enough fingers towards us, the decision makers. This can include LeBron. This can include AD. Anybody who had a real voice in this offseason, we done effed up. Yeah. I would say I, I I was I mean it's hard to know exactly how wrong we've all said assuming health that was always the caveat but I thought Russ would play better as I thought it would be mm-hmm. awkward but I just thought he would play better um, and I thought the supporting cast would be better which it might have been had the other guys stayed healthy but there was just there were some and had none existed right and and all that so but I was you know I, I missed uh, I missed some of the stuff for sure. Um, difference is it doesn't matter if we're wrong 
No, it doesn't. It matters if they're wrong. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, so, all right. So this is a topic we'll certainly explore a lot going forward. Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing to that, whether you're, again, you're here just to uh, support us or just to troll. Uh, you know, YouTube doesn't know the difference. So uh, thanks to that. And we will be back on Tuesday talking about Russ, uh, a little bit uh, perhaps of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and his uh, honor that he received on Sunday. Very cool for him. Um, and yeah, everyone have a good day.